Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. And I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. We're going to wait until after we're done recording to do that. This week we were talking about The Boys on Amazon. Yeah, I was really excited to to watch this because you and I have both read this comic from um, Garth Ennis, who is both one of our uh, our favorite comic book writers. Yeah. And one of the things just off the bat that I really, really enjoyed about this uh, this show is... The character of Huey, who is the main character uh, in the comic books, was based off of a depiction of Simon Pegg, who they actually got to play Huey's father in this, which was absolutely cool. Uh, If you don't know the name Simon Pegg, you might know him from his most famous role uh, in Ice Age Collision Course. Of course. I don't think he's been in any other films. That film's on repeat at my house. Yep. Absolutely. That oh. DVD menu is just always going off. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if Simon Pegg was in any other films or movies? Oh, no, that's his only credit. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. And tell the boys. <laughs> uh, the boys, spoiler for the boys, uh, for every episode uh, of season one. Uh, this was, I believe, your most anticipated television series of the year. Yeah, without a uh, doubt. We talked about it last year. Without a doubt. Uh, and luckily for you, it's already been announced that it's been renewed for season two. Yeah, before it even came out. Yeah. Which was kind of so, crazy. Yeah, so that's always a, a nice feeling, uh, especially with what's happened to some other TV shows this year as well. Yeah, I've, I've had some coworkers watch it, uh, and they love it. So. Uh, so, to start, I think you would think, how faithful can the show stay to the comics? The comics are extremely violent, over-the-top sexual, uh, madcap zaniness. But when you see the opening scene, when it gives you the TV rating where it's like TVMA, you'll never see more things across the side as to why it's rated TVMA. Language. Yeah. Violence. Yeah. Sexuality. Nudity. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on and on. Like, it's like they, they you, had to get a smaller print to fit it all in. Yeah. If you have trigger warnings for of any kind, don't watch this show because it will trigger you in any way possible. And I don't mean that to be like offensive. Like that is what the show is all about. So, and especially, and it, it starts off like a regular show. It's, you introduce, like Matt said, your main character, Huey. Uh, he's working in an electronics store. His girlfriend comes to visit. Th- they have great chemistry. Hey, real the bat. quick. You and I worked in an electronics store, and you and I both sold some bomb-ass HDMI cables just <laughs> like Huey. This could be us in an alternate universe. It could be. Because uh, Monster HDMI cables will give you better picture quality. You're goddamn yeah. right. Uh, but uh, they have great chemistry. Uh you believe in the couple. You want them to be happy and succeed. Uh, he talked about his love of Billy Joel, which instantly just... I mean, everyone loves Billy Joel, so everyone can relate to that. Yeah, I instantly hated the character of Huey <laughs> in the TV show because he likes Billy Joel and a bunch of other shitty bands. No, he's got great taste. Yeah, he deserves what's coming to him. And- uh, Huey for life. Uh, but uh, Robin's standing on the curb, and then she explodes. Huey yeah. is... Uh, or Robin is Huey's... Fiance, yes, girlfriend? yeah, yeah, fiance, yeah, not 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 anymore. Not after the first five yeah. minutes of the show, uh, she explodes. He doesn't go on. He looks to his left, sees nothing. Looks to his right, and he sees a superhero A train, uh, just running with the bag over his shoulder, uh, apologizing for what happened. I actually, which was really cool. Uh, somebody, my coworker, was showing it to another coworker of mine, 
and I got to watch them watch the first 10 minutes of this show <laughs> and her face when she just saw the blood splatter <laughs> hit Huey's face. Yeah. She was just like, no. Oh, no. That's what I love. Like, it's right there when people know that they're in for something different. Even with yeah. like all the warring you see beforehand, it cannot prepare you for that moment. Oh, no. It's something else entirely. She's just arms now, by the way. Yeah. Robin is. Yeah. She's all hands. <laughs> uh, bit of a klutz, uh, if you would. <laughs> um, she's like the thing uh, from the Adams family. Yeah. Oh, kind of the thing? inverse. Yeah. Uh, but by contrast, we get introduced to Starlight, uh, who I would say is probably the secondary protagonist of the film. Uh, sure. Uh, she's There's a lot of differences here between the comics, obviously. Starlight is featured a lot, but not nearly as much as she is. Her character is a lot different than she is in the comics. Uh, but Starlight uh, it's a very innocent, good, like down-to-earth superhero who just gets her big shot. He calls it the Seven, and the Seven are the superhero team. They are the Avengers. They are the Justice League. I think more closely appeared to the Justice League than the Avengers. Yeah, but here's the cool take about the boys. If you haven't read it, here you go. It's essentially, if the Avengers were real life, mm-hmm. uh, these people would be so corrupt and so pompous and so full of themselves and such pieces of shit uh, that all they can do is force themselves on people and just force themselves down your throat. Yeah. Uh, and he says that because Starlight, when she gets introduced to the seven or inducted, she basically gets sexually assaulted or, uh, the deep played by chance Crawford. Uh, uh, says that's her induction to the seven is to, is to go down on him. And this might be a hot take. This might be a little controversial. Chance Crawford deserves all of the Emmys for his role as the deep. I don't think I've ever loved any portrayal of a character he, more. He was fantastic. Oh uh, my god, my favorite part of the entire series. Uh, especially so towards far. the end, but I'll, we'll get to that oh, later. In the middle yeah. too. There's yeah. so much. There's so much. There's so much. Uh, but uh, it's so you know that like that's also your introduction to him as well, or the seven really to see like what their world is. Yeah, like. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is this is kind and of fucked up. And to dark. go over to him real quick, we have the deep, who's the Aquaman parody. Uh, we have Queen Maeve, who's the Wonder Woman parody. Homelander, who's Superman parody. Black Noir, who's the Batman parody. Uh, and Translucent. Translucent doesn't really have a close parody to anyone in the Justice League or the Avengers, but sh- he can turn invisible. Uh, how about Invisible Woman? Yeah, uh, not an Avenger. Uh, she could have. Has she ever been? An she Avenger? probably has been. Everyone's been an Avenger. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was an Avenger at one point. <laughs> a West Coast Avenger, but it still counts. It does count. <laughs> at least I wasn't great in a great lake of ginger. <laughs> oh yeah. Nobody wants to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't want to rehash the plot, but basically see superheroes doing terrible things, but we, Huey gets recruited essentially, or kind of runs into this guy named Butcher played by Carl Urban and Carl Urban is fantastic, uh, in the series. And he basically, Carl Urban also a tragedy committed to him by a superhero and he recruits Huey to help basically kill them all because they're all jerks. Yeah, uh, so what ends up happening is, uh, the what's the what's his name? The vanishing motherfucker, translucent, translucent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, you go ahead and tell. You go ahead and tell. Okay, you uh, have a, a better memory than I do. Uh, translucent. Uh, well, Huey tries to bug translucent or tries to bug the seventh headquarters. Translucent finds it, confronts Huey at the charge store, beats him up. And Carl Urban comes there and saves him by beating him up. Uh, I love to like that fight scene because it's them fighting an invisible man. 
and Carl Urban's mouth is bleeding, and so he spits on him and spits blood on him, and that's how he sees him. And that's how they're able to track him. And the fight ends, quite incredibly, I might add, with Huey shoving a charged electrical power cord into Translucent's asshole. Uh, It's true. I also like from the first episode, too. There, I think you have to clarify that it's true that I'm not yes. lying. Yes. Well, I mean, that is also like something you make up for the podcast. <laughs> You're probably right. I would uh, that up. The first episode, too, there's, uh, there was a mention of our current state as well, Oklahoma, uh, where they mentioned that there were blackmailing coming there from Oklahoma for being gay, which sounds very much like an Oklahoma thing as well. So hey, it it's very, 100%. yeah, it feels that technically the show is believable. <laughs> uh, but you get to see all kinds of crazy powers. That guy specifically, uh, can extend his body much like uh, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, there's uh, he, there, in the comics was a character named O Father. Uh, they changed him in this to be uh, a character who could have stretch powers and was very much into Jesus, but he had a very sexual uh, history and he he was a pray the gay away type of person. Yeah. But he was also extremely gay himself, so obviously the hypocrisy is there. I um, don't see it. I mean, it's really deep. There's, there's a lot of subtext. Yeah, uh, it's not it's on the service level. It's, it seems extremely subtle, but it's just not about dark stuff and like a stuff. Like there's just great humor. Like there's this Make a Wish kid in the hospital, and he wanted tr- his Make a Wish was to meet Translucent. He could meet Translucent because Translucent was being held captive by Butcher, Huey, and Frenchie. Uh, and A Train comes to visit him, and it's just like I'm still good. And he's like, "Can you teach me to outrun cancer?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the jokes yeah. here are, are yeah. rampant. There we go. Uh, we talk about the opposing team too. We mentioned Butcher uh, and Huey. There's also Frenchie, who is French, uh, believe it or not. Uh, he's unlike the comics. I wouldn't say they have like as much traits as they do that are definable as they do in the comics. Uh, but Frenchie is, I, w- I will say, like he's the munitions expert in a way, even though he's sort of not really. Mother's Milk is on the team. He's not real. He's, I would say, maybe. I don't know what he is on the team. I, and I like all these characters. I, I thought they were all well done. Uh, and then we eventually get the female, who's our superpowered on the first on the team. And in the comics, they all have powers because they use the compound V to get their own powers. But this is just normal humans versus the soups. Yeah. How did you uh, How did you like that difference? I mean, I love the show. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like, I liked seeing like the visceral action in the comics of them like actually beating the crap out of the people who tormented them and tormented the world. Um uh, Yep. And now it's like quaking in fear. Butcher obviously was never quaking in fear, but like seeing them in fear the entire time. Yeah. Uh, all soups are bastards. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to see some more of the beat down uh, laid the other way around. And maybe after the finale, we might get to see that in season two. And a reference we'll to that too, to that. that just, I, we don't really plug things on the show that aren't like, obviously the comic or shows we watch, but there's this company called revenge of the nerds. Uh, you can look them up online. They make an all caped or bastards t-shirt right now that you can buy. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get that, have an excellent boys t-shirt that you don't see anywhere else. I recommend that at Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Uh, I hate to promote stuff unless they're going to give me stuff, but I definitely own a couple of shirts and a hat from them. And I love it all. Uh, definitely. Like it's a, it is a punk rock yeah. comic book, comic book mashup. mashup. Yeah. And it's, it's really dope. If yeah. you like, Punk rock and, and horror often as well too. A lot of horror mashups. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good shit. I follow them and I like pretty much everything they do. Um, Let's talk about the asshole bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's how they essentially kill uh, translucent. Oh, I was talking about. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that one. Uh, 
he escapes due to Huey's uh, being naive, and Huey blows him up because that's the only way that they can uh, save themselves. Uh, but I don't want to necessarily go beat by beat. I want to talk about like certain. Like I want to spend a moment on Homelander. Anthony Starr is fantastic as Homelander. He plays yeah. menacing Holy and shit. threatening so well. And psychopath, sociopath, yes. yeah. Just every all the paths. And it's not just someone who like screams and yells like that too. It's just his performance. There's just so much terror. You can just get the sense of terror in his voice from his very flat, matter-of-fact delivery. It'd be like, yeah. it's just Superman telling you how it is because nothing you can do can stop him. I love it. It's dark, it's terrifying, and just so good. And if you like over-the-top action, uh, I recommend Banshee, which is a Cinemax show, also starring Anthony Starr. That was my first look into him, and he's great in that, and he's fantastic in this, too. I mean... I would probably say him and Carl Urban steal the steal the scenes from any scenes that they're in. Um, what do you think about Maeve here? Because Maeve is is somebody who I would say is probably the most different from page to screen. What do you think about that change? Uh, I'm not like a huge like a fan of it because like I do kind of like the idea like you mentioned like all capes are bastards. Uh, like yeah. I, I want that to be the reality. She's extremely disconnected uh, with reality in the and comic books. She does terrible things in the show as well, too. Like, don't yeah. like that. Be, don't that be a mistake? I think she's more feeling uh, and less detached in the show. She's still kind of like a husk of a person. Yes, she, she she's accepted she her reality, yep. but she doesn't want to see that reality happen to others. Yeah. So, uh, in, the, in the comics, she's more just one hundred percent detached from. Yeah. Everybody and everything, and a, a total alcoholic. And uh, it's better, in my opinion. <laughs> what do you think of Sitwell? Uh, in the comics, their boss is a male Derek Sitwell. They Elizabeth Shue is play Sitwell in the show. She has a baby, and I thought that was actually a better change from the comics. Oh, I liked it. I yeah. loved it. her having a baby. Uh, made like the empty threat because just Homelander's presence around her and the baby. And their relationship was so disturbing and played so well on screen. <laughs> so fucked up. Oh, I loved it. I loved it how he was like nuzzling at her like milk bosom is yeah. the word I'll use to describe. Yeah. Is the disgusting term. I'll and want to be word. told like what a good boy he was and how proud she is Ugh. of him. Uh, and I like that they're like the lie that superheroes aren't born. They're all created as babies by giving a drug essentially. And that's how they were created. Compound V. Uh, what do you think of uh, – let's go back to the deep for just a second here. and We'll touch back on him again later. Uh, at one point, he tries to rescue a dolphin from a SeaWorld-type place. Yeah. Uh, this was one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene. It was amazing, having the conversation with the dolphin. Also, before that scene, we get a scene of Butcher talking about the Spice Girls and what they're up to now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. And I think it was French Your Mother's Milk. I'm like, hey, you know so much about the Spice Girls. Uh, which I thought was great. But then it cuts to that. And then you have him wrestling the dolphin and wannabe by the Spice Girls playing. Yep. Uh, which was just a perfectly cut moment. Yep. Oh, so good. And then Deep having to sl- he's rescuing him from a SeaWorld type place. And then having to slam on his brakes, the dolphin flies through the window and then yeah, gets hold run on, over. Hold on. The Deep can totally communicate uh, with all sea creatures, much yes. like Aquaman. However, unlike Aquaman, he definitely fucks the sea creatures. I, and they are so into it. I just love like how he talks about like how the sea creatures are like personal. Like like they tell jokes. Like he laughs. Like like it's just 
so perfect. The, the dolphin just makes like dolphin noises, but yeah. he like will communicate with it. And at one point, he's starting to get frustrated with the dolphin. He goes, "If I touch it, will you be quiet?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the deep was changed for the better from the comics as well, too. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. That was that was a great decision on their part. And there's a there's a scene much later uh, where the deep two scenes actually where one the deep is apologizing for sexual assault, and we can see it on TV. And the tagline is, I didn't do it on porpoise, which I loved. <laughs> they, uh, they made a pun joke on sexual assault. But, and that's kind of what the yeah. boys is. If you're really encompassing what the boys is, that might be the perfect descriptor for it. But later, he himself is sexually assaulted. Uh, but anything we see, almost everything after that we see him, yeah, it yeah. plays Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. every time, which killed me every scene after that. And watching him do the thing that you see like in films or TV shows where traumatic events happen usually to a female and they cut their hair drastically and stuff like yep. that or shave their head. He's shaving all of his hair and shaved his head. Like I love that play on that trope too. It was so well done. It was excellent. Yeah. Uh, at one point he reveals that he's got gills and essentially uh, a girl that he's hooking up with uh, fingers his gills against his will, which I thought was hysterical. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great too. So um, fucked up. So, what was I going to say? Um, so, what would you say was your favorite change from the comics? Was the deep being changed, or anyone from Butcher's team being changed? Oh, it's one hundred percent the deep. The deep is my my favorite character. Uh, watching this, I like the starlight changes actually quite a bit, which might be yeah. a kind of controversial thing. I like that a lot. But the deep in Chance Crawford, like, holy shit. Like, the writing that they did and having him as 100% comedic relief all the time, always. I agree with you there. I think the deep was probably my favorite change. Oddly enough, I think Black Noir was the most comic accurate of the people on there. There just uh, wasn't enough of him. Yeah, I, I want more. And I'm sure we'll get more next season. Yeah, sure. He's basically like a terrifying gimp, like, at this point. Like a murderous gimp. Yeah, I, I, I think we needed about 10 more minutes of him. Screen time. I mean, there's uh, even five. Like, yeah. would have would have made it a little bit more but efficient. The mystery with him too, as well, builds to that too. Like, the less screen time, uh, the, the more you want to know about him because he seems just more threatening and menacing too. I I don't disagree with that. Like, I think it's it could be very smart, especially if they play it well. But I guarantee you, if somebody a casual fan was asked to name the seven, that motherfucker's getting <laughs> left out. I agree with that. Uh, what would you say? Did you like the least from the comics that they changed? Oh, definitely Queen Maeve. Like, uh, having her just being un- a detached, for lack of a better word, like, bitch, uh, and just hating on Starlight and everything and everyone. I absolutely love that in the comic books. And having her be more relatable in the show is kind of a, eh, for me. Yeah. What, what about you? Uh, I mean, I kind of wish that they had some of the members of the Seven originally from the comics and they're not in there. That They had an alien that was more a Martian Manhunter type as well. Uh, that's not the show, but for me, the biggest one is an act of another character, uh, Terror, which was Butcher's Dog, uh, which was basically the uh, the unofficial other member of the team that never showed up. I'm curious with, I guess we can get into the end of it now, uh, if he'll be in season two, because we found out that um, Butcher's wife is alive. Which is different from the comics as well, too. Yep. And that Homelander... Uh, who we think raped her? Uh, yeah, had a she had a son through him. Through him, yep. yeah, not Butcher. Uh, 
So possibly Terror's still alive. Yeah. We might get him in season two. Fingers crossed. I love Terror. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm hoping we can get him. Is there any storyline from the comic that you want to see brought into the show? Oh, I want the... I think it's volume four or five is Herogasm. And basically it's this yearly... It's an annual event of superheroes where all they do is just fuck and suck each other. And it's ridiculous and gross and wild. And essentially the boys go and kill as many motherfuckers as they can. Yeah, it's like a superhero again. version of the 311 cruise, basically. <laughs> uh, Have you watched Bachelor in Paradise? You'll love Herogasm. Uh, I would love to see that. I don't know if we'll get that at all, but it'd be amazing if we get that. I'd love to see the G-Men appear, which is the boys' version of the X-Men. The Charles Xavier character is a predatory figure, predator, uh, uh, being a predator on small and young children with his abilities. Uh, so lovely that, but I don't know if we're going to be able. To, I don't know if we're going to expand like the large superhero world. I think we're going to be narrowly focused into what we have. Although they have mentioned, uh, and we shouldn't skip over this, but there was a teenage kid cool team that's mentioned with members like A Train was on when he was younger, and his girlfriend Popclaw, who we haven't talked about, but Popclaw was very memorable in the show. Oh yeah, that was a a great storyline. Yeah. For her. Um, Ending we, in her death, of course. But we saw Mesmer uh, and other heroes at the Comic Con, which was great. Seeing the Billy Zane cameo, seeing the Tara Reid cameo, Haley Joel Osment as Mesmer was fantastic uh, too. Although I will admit, my favorite cameo from that was Seth Rogen talking about the VCU. Yes, <laughs> the yeah, boy, <laughs> universe. I can see a part of it. Loved it. Uh, it was. I mean, there's so many great moments from the show, and there's. The show has so much going on, and it's easy to even miss jokes uh, just because you're amazed or you're shocked by, by what you just saw. Yeah. Uh, and one thing for the show I thought was great was the soundtrack was phenomenal for the show. Yeah, you uh, you get some Ain't No Sunshine. You get some Spice Girls. Uh, you get The Runaways. You get James yeah. Addiction. Uh, you get Billy Joel. You get Big Shot to end an episode as well. Yeah, unfortunately, you do get some Billy Joel. Uh, there's no unfortunately with that. Uh, the soundtrack was really strong for the show. Uh, and Huey wears a Ramon shirt half the time, which is also appreciated. You get a cover of Rock the Casbah, which is disappointing because you know the original was going to be the best. But it, <laughs> I'll, I'll take what I can get. Uh, real quick, um, we haven't really talked about the fight scenes very much. Um, do you have a favorite fight scene in particular? I mean. It's hard for it's. I think the best fight scene was still in the first episode with Huey and Butcher fighting translucent. Uh, I think the that was good. the funnest one for me was in the last episode where they're trying to rescue the female and Huey shooting the automatic rifle and he's apologizing the entire time. Uh, and then he's out of ammo. He's like, "What do I do?" He's like, "And Fritz like, you need to reload." He's like, "I don't know how to reload this." Like, it's just <laughs> stuff like that. Like, th- th- that, I think that was the funnest fight scene. But seeing Starlight fight A Train was fun too. That was cool. Uh, I like when there's fighting in a nursery. Um, <laughs> and of course, Butcher breaks a soup baby out of its incubator, uh, sort incubator, of thing. Yeah, yeah, is what I would say. Uh, and there's all these men with guns, and they don't know really what to do. And the baby's got laser fucking eyes, and the butcher cuts somebody in half with the, you know, the baby's laser vision. He goes, holy fuck, that was diabolical. Yeah. And I just go, yeah. Yeah, it, it was all pretty great. And um, we should, one thing we mentioned too is that Huey and Starlight have a relationship in this show, uh, which complicates things, obviously. It's a complex relationship too. Yeah. It, well, and I think they, they have good chemistry as well. 
But how do you feel about Huey moving on from Robin so quick? I was down for it. Starlight's hotter. Yeah. So you're on Team Starlight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Team Starlight for sure. What I, you- I like the changes that they made to her, by the way. I actually am okay with them. How I don't do you, know how you feel about that. I, I mean, I like them. Uh, I, I think they were needed to have like a female perspective on the show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was she's, well. she's definitely a, a strong, uh, independent character, and I, uh-huh. I really appreciate it. Um, one thing we talked about, I love too, I don't want to miss this, was the superhero support group where the top where the people that had been victimized by superheroes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and one of the members in the group was talking about having, when you slept with a superhero that had freezing powers which is a great bit mm-hmm. but the actor also works at void he's part of the marketing pr team there and he's also in preacher as well it's nice to see uh the actor get crossover between the seth rogan evan goldberg garth Ennis world too oh i like that i like that a lot um go ahead and tell me one of your favorite moments uh my probably my favorite moment is whenever it played big shot by billy joel because it's one of the greatest songs of all time uh, and you just got to play it out to the credits yeah, I did not hit play next episode. I, I let the credits play just so I could hear it. Uh, I hit next episode as fast as I could. Hey, Billy Joel sells out Madison Square Garden every month, okay? Oh, like a fucking piece of shit. Um, one of my favorite things that I haven't mentioned yet, and it involves the deep, because of course it does. Um, he goes to a supermarket at one point, and he sees a um, a tank of lobsters, and he like starts communicating with him telepathically and talking to him. And he's like, Oh yeah, let me save you real quick. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you and I are pals yeah. now. Like, and he was depressed before this is him getting kind of out of it. He's stuck in Sandusky, Ohio. Yep. Yeah. He's super, super bummed. He's not he's, excited about Cedar here. point at all. And they're in the shaved his head. Like he is totally downtrodden mm-hmm. and he makes a friend with a lobster mm-hmm. at the local, local supermarket. And he tells the guy behind the counter. Yeah, that's the lobster I, I want. And the guy goes, Oh, okay, sure. And he grabs it, and before the deep has time to say anything, the guy chops the lobster right in the head. His new his new best friend and, and kills him. Yeah, that's the deep's <laughs> new life. That's the last that we see yeah. from him too. Uh, well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for me. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, yes, but no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know we're both excited that this got renewed already. What would you rate this on a scale of one to ten? Uh, eight and a half. I'd rate it an eight. It's great. I mean, as long as you're not offended by over-the-top violence and extremely sexual things, obviously, it's cool if you are. But if uh, if you aren't, then this is definitely a show that you should watch. And you can still read the comics, because the comics in the show have the same tone and the same vision, but they're very different at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I highly recommend checking it out. It's very different from the comics. Much less violent. Much less sexual, uh, but still great. Uh, let's wrap it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. Uh, next week, we're going to do a Batman anime double feature. We're going to do Batman Hot Space off the classic comic, which is on DC Universe, so you can watch it ahead of time if you haven't. Uh, and Batman and versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which are our first time into the turtle world for us as well. Yeah, turtle power, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, as always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, find us on the Facebooks, the Instagrams. Uh, find us wherever books are sold at Barnes and Noble. We've got Alex has a book out. Uh, where can we buy your book at? Uh, Never the, mind. We're not going to talk the about the book. It. Is called Court of Owls. Uh, <laughs> it has my pin name on there. Scott Snyder mm-hmm. is Alex's yes. pin name. Uh, <laughs> um, that's it for me. All right, for the Jupiter Comics, I'm Alex Dashback. 
Uh, I'm the boys. Hitching it easy. <laughs>